When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you this is the final word, Ashes Daily. Lord's Day One for Seabus Super, the industry super fund, hitting your retirement for six. I'm Adam Collins by my side in the broadcasting area of headquarters because it's still teeming down with rain is Jeff Lemon. A day which was rained out. Every ball of it was missed, much as it was 12 months ago when England were hosting India. It's not the least common occurrence in the UK for a day to be rained out, but it mm. feels doubly sad because this is one of the most iconic dates on the cricketing calendar, day one at Lord's Ashes Series, and it was anything but iconic today. It was a bloody shambles. Well, look, there are a couple of um, bright sides, a couple of silver linings to every cloud, if you will, which are that uh, Andrew Sampson dug up the number that said the last seven matches here where the first day was lost to rain all had a result. It's seven worldwide. It's even better than that. Oh, so, seven worldwide. Yeah, so the, 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 uh, I, I'm buoyed by that because we've been at a couple of stinkers where it's rained for days and we've missed results in recent mm. times. But the first day seems not to affect the 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 meter of a test match the way that yep. other days being washed out, Mike. So I think it just recalibrates the brain of the captains. They go, well, we're just playing a four-day match, which is commonly what a first-class game's played sure. across. Each day is over 98 overs subsequently, provided there's not too much more rain. Mm. They, they can kind of... You know, reset their their brain. Whereas if you lose day three or day four, yeah. you've already gone through the first couple, and it, yeah. I, so this is kind of the best day to miss in a way, right? So that that bit um, at Edgebaston where they were done, sort of halfway through day five, that was basically the, the the amount of playing time we'll get in this test if there's no more rain, sort of thing. So yeah. you can kind of squeeze a <laughs> you can squeeze a normal match into the four days remaining. Um, there's some bad news though. No, but the other bit, the other <laughs> the other silver lining before we get to more clouds with yeah. no silver linings is that there was so much unhappiness from from the members, the traditionalists of the cricket establishment, that this test was starting on a Wednesday, not a Thursday. They were up in arms. <laughs> the Lord's test starts on a Thursday. That's when yep. it starts. You can't have day one on a Wednesday. Um, they'll be feeling totally vindicated because, uh, you know, God has has denied the day starting on, on a Wednesday and day one, in effect, will be on a Thursday. It'll just be a four-day game. As it was put to me, it's nature's way of saying that the Lord's <laughs> test must start on a, on a Thursday. None of the Lord's eight, one of the eight last Lord's tests have lasted longer than 350 overs. Four of them have lasted fewer than 270 overs. That comes from CrickViz. So, and even last year, in fact, I remember last year, last year's test, we didn't get much play on day two either. I think we got 40 overs. It was enough time for England to roll India the first time around. Oh, yeah. The and it was all game. over. It was all over in, I think it was all over in exactly 200 overs. So, yeah. I mean, Yes, this that pitch. was India falling apart and yeah. picking a bunch of spinners <laughs> on a single. Yeah, that paid. Yeah. It was not. But I mean, 
The pitch looks dry. We spoke mm-hmm. to Michael Vaughan yesterday. He said it's a very dry pitch for Lords this year. Um, so maybe it won't play in the way that pitches have here so far in 2019, which have traditionally given plenty to the bowlers. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're, Lords tests rarely go the distance. I can't remember many draws here in recent years. So you know, I'm, I'm not too downbeat about that. What I am downbeat about is the fact that Friday looks another stinker. Tomorrow mm-hmm. might be okay, but unless the forecast changes dramatically, we're going to lose bulk hours again in, on day three. Okay, so all of that talk about how we'll have enough time is redundant because yeah. we won't have enough time. As long as we have three days is what I'm thinking. Both bowling lineups will fancy themselves taking 20 wickets in the space of, say, a day and a half. Yeah. Um, I know Australia's recalibrated their bowling lineup, but they bowled, you know, well enough in in Birmingham to suggest they can roll aside twice in a day and a half. And if it is dry and if they did sort of bowl last on a dry wicket, Lyon might come into play yep. and, and suddenly there's an added aspect. Of course, Steve Smith will have to face a left-arm orthodox spinner, his kryptonite. He only averages 37, a very respectable test match average against a form of bowling that people <laughs> keep using against him. Do you, which... know what, do you know what I don't like about that stat? I oh, know, I don't like much about it. Yeah, well, okay, there's two things I don't like about it. One is that two of them are Dean Elgar, one of them a full toss. The other thing I don't like about it <laughs> is that... And they were like five years apart. They're like, ooh, yeah, that, Dean Elgar has a mental chokehold on Steve yeah. Smith because twice in five years he got him out. Well, the other thing I don't like about it is you can only physically pick one spinner yeah. more often than not in a test side. So if you're Maharaj or if you're Harath or you're Jadeja, you're almost exclusively bowling as the sole spinner. You've yes. rarely got a partner, which means that the probability, it's more about getting out to spin than it is getting out to left arm yes. spin. I know that his but record against off spin is you know, in excess of 100. I think Mo and Ali might, might be in excess of 100 and off spin is like 90. But either way, it's more about the way that teams do preference having a left arm tweaker. Mm. You know, Left arm spin is considered a valuable asset. Right, but I think against right arm spin in total, his average is 51 and against left arm spin it's 37. So it's not right. a massive difference anyway. So it's really about Mo and Ali. Yeah, it's about the fact that he has monstered Moeen. Uh, Moeen's got him out three times in their their entire career of meeting, and I think the average is I can't remember what it was, something like one hundred and seventy. It's a lot. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's huge. Um, the other average that well, the other um, selection decision that we know definitively today, Justin Langer told us at Stumps that Josh Hazelwood will play tomorrow. So they've, mm. they've, I mean, they haven't named their 11 per se because the team sheets will be exchanged at the toss, but um, any speculation that it'll be Mitchell Stark's been blown out of the water. That was all me. And yeah, Lots I think, of speculation. Yeah, I think, I think it's your I just fault. Thought, it, just seemed, it just seemed obvious to me. You've got the pitch, you've got the left armour, you've got uh, every left armour who bowled here in the World Cup took wickets. Everyone, yeah. Trent Bolt, Wahab Riaz, Berendorf, Stark, yep. the lot. They all took wickets here. So it just seemed logical. But, you know, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Yeah, I, I, I note that um, this is another Crick Viz stat, which I quite liked. Ben Jones gave this to me earlier today. Hazelwood, last time in England, 43% of his deliveries were defined as full, which is the most in any series he's ever bowled in, which kind of reinforces the point that Hazelwood made of himself at the time when he was saying that he was disappointed in his performance here. It's mm. that he said that he tried to bowl the miracle ball, whereas Siddle was perhaps more patient in these conditions. Yeah. Hazelwood tried to bowl the Duke's ball as full as possible and find the edge as much as he could. And it didn't pay off when he was over pitching. He was, I, I, in my mind's eye, I can see yep. getting hammered through the covers time and time again at Edgebaston in 2015. But this was the test match where he cleaned up. I think he took seven or eight wickets, if memory serves me correctly. Stark mm. took a couple. Johnson took six and Lyon might have took a couple himself but it was mainly Hazelwood and watching the the tape back today a lot of those were bowled and leg before wicket so 
I, I see why they, they, they're inclined to give him a chance on a ground where he would feel confident having bowled well here up the slope, I should add as well. So there's that, you know, at Lords, you've always got to consider who bowls up the slope, down the slope. Mm-hmm. Stark tends to come from the pavilion end. Hazelwood bowled from the from the nursery end last time. So again, there's another element there that might have came right. into consideration in balancing the attack. So as in, you'd want Cummins to be coming from the pavilion end, which is down so, the yeah. hill. I think you where want he Cummins down the, the hill. In. Yeah, and you have Hazelwood from this end, Cummins down the hill, and then yep. and then I mean Siddle. He's probably versatile to, yeah. to to shuttle between the two. The swing man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think a, bowler, a bloke, if he's vintage, he's played here about 150 times, yeah. which end he comes from, to be honest with you. Yeah, probably. So <laughs> so is the theory that like Hazelwood up the hill can can sort of hit the seam and then just hold the line and threaten the outside edge? Yeah, well, watching the, watching the tape back today, he was – well, it was exactly that. They were playing for, they were playing for movement that wasn't always there. And hitting the seam and, and yeah, the full ball suited him well. So yeah, even though it wasn't a, a great series for him here four years ago, I kind of get why this would be the venue they want him for. Sure. But another piece of information, which we didn't have 24 hours ago, is that Pattinson has not just been left out on sort of rotation grounds. He, there, something happened on Monday. Um, dun, dun, dun. I, you know, he, he pulled up vaguely sore. Okay. And I think that, like, having gone back through our podcast interview with him uh, on Sunday to write up, an inter- I wrote it up. For the newspaper today, and uh, in doing so, I, I, I looked at the quotes a bit more closely, and he, he's kind of hinting, not so much that he'd be left out of here, but hinting at like how uncomfortable he was being bowled when he wasn't quite right in previous iterations in the test side. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure they're mindful of that. Um, Dan yeah. Bredig made a really good point uh, this afternoon that uh, at the last, last Lord's test match that he played in in 2013, yeah. he bowled 51 overs at Trent Bridge and then bowled 40 overs here, and he was already overloading. Right. So, you know, you, you, you kind of look at the history of Pattinson's body four times the same part of his back has required you know serious rehabilitative work and one operation a couple of years ago mm. and he did say to us last week that he'd only really play one of the two tests so I see why with that in mind they, they're going to push that back a week till Leeds yeah I, I sort of had the feeling when we spoke to him that he, that he thought he was playing yeah, uh, so, and then maybe yeah. he did something the following day or, yeah. or even that day like pulled up sort of he wasn't meant to bowl was he He's, he was bowling he was out well, there for a batting session and, yeah. then, and then all the bowlers were suddenly having a go but I noticed that Mitchell Marsh and he were bowling. Stark was bowling off one step in that little mini session. So yeah. Pattinson, for whatever reason, was having a gallop when he perhaps, I don't know, we don't know what his personal bowling plan is. And obviously they, they, they measure their loads differently. But mm. yeah, we didn't expect to see him bowl before he spoke to us. And yeah, evidently on Monday there was there was some soreness and, and, mm. and he was ruled out on those grounds. Well, you know, s- s- smart footy. Um, you, yep, you, I'm fine with you, that. You've got to look after him. And like you said, he was going to miss. I, I assumed he was going to miss here up until a few days ago when we spoke to him when suddenly it seemed like he was playing here. Yeah. So until that point, I thought the smart move would have been to leave him out here, play one of the other two, and then bring him back in for the third test at Leeds. So well, you know, Leeds could be really interesting because, I mean, we're, we're going a long way into the future here, but I don't sort of doubt that suitable miss Leeds. They won't want to play Siddle in back-to-back test matches at age 34. Mm. Tell you what, Nisa is rusted on, I think, for a test to be next week. Really? He's bowling so well in the nets. He's working everyone over. He looks like he's quicker than James Pattinson. You watch him in the net. Every time I watch Nisa bowl, I'm like, you are the quickest bowler here. He's probably not. He probably bowls a heavy ball. Oh, God. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, I, I reckon that if Siddle comes out, they'll want Nisa in. And where Stark fits into oh. that, I mean, I, ha- I haven't quite worked that out. Yeah, He'll you know play what, at some point. You know what the best thing about that will be? Knees are good. Knees are good. He's ever knees are good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we can all do that. All test match. I'll never get old. Um, Michael knees are good. He's he has bowled beautifully. I've watched him a lot in the last few weeks because I was at the um, mm, the sure well the the Lions the Australia A versus England Lions game where he was exceptional. Bowled a beautiful spell. Picked up three for and mm. they were all caught behind and and nobody could play him. Um, he bowled really well in the Australia v Australia warm up and then he bowled well again at Worcester. So you know and and he bustles in and he's he's shortish but just flings it down at pace and gets it to hoop through the air. So maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe he'll get a go. But wow, it'd be it'd be Stark and Hazelwood ahead of him at for Headingley, wouldn't it? Yeah, you kind if, of feel like that's the test where Cummins might. You know, like if they're doing um, no. what I like about this egalitarian bowling lineup is that anyone could miss. So yeah. maybe they go, well, maybe Cummins misses. So okay. therefore, Hazelwood takes Cummins' role and start. You know, I mean, they can shuffle yeah. it in a number of ways. Yeah, I think it's a lot different depending on results as well. Like yes, if they that's win, true. if they win here, then you know you've got more latitude to rest or rotate. But if it's draw, a draw here, then, then the series is still alive. Yeah, yeah you need. Cummins to try to win the series. Basically, and if it's a draw here, then a win at Leeds secures. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. Or an England win, win here, then suddenly they've they've got the wind up them, and there won't be. It'll be putting out the absolute blue ribbon best best possible first eleven. The only other thing I note from today is that Jofra Archer was presented his cap, mm-hmm. so we know he's playing, but we don't know that Jack Leach is playing. They've studiously avoided naming an eleven. It's just as well that Leach was not on debut because then they would have given the game away if they gave him the cap or not. <laughs> so he's played a few already. I wonder whether they'll be tempted to play um, all the quicks. I mean, I, I sort of, I, I, I can't quite see how it happens given they've brought Leach in with a view to bowling to Stephen Smith. But yeah, rain does funny things to selectors and mm-hmm. and Curran is available and Curran does, you know, hoop it around the proverbial corner. And can we'll see. And he can bat. I mean, I also understand and respect the view of others that why would you weaken England's batting by taking out Denley for Curran on the other side of the equation? Like, that kind of makes sense too. But if Denley's not making runs, I don't yeah. know. It, they've got harder problems in Australia, that's for certain. I'd make your Pattinson argument that uh, how are you weakening the batting by taking out someone who's not making any runs? Yeah. You yeah. know, you cannot By the end of the batting. series, my Pattinson argument will prevail when yeah. all the fast bowlers play. Yeah, yeah. I was looking forward Pattinson's to it. at seven. We'll see. Maybe at the over later in the series. When um, Michael Neeson. Is opening. Yeah, Mitchell yeah. Marsh is at three. <laughs> right. So, in terms of Hall of Fame, to kick it off, the members who are here at five in the morning, they've got to get a mention. Um, respect to them. The radar was always a disaster today. Imagine standing out there when it was beautiful when I woke up today. Gorgeous mm. morning, knowing that the torrents of rain were on their way and there was no chance you were going to really see a ball. Oh, their radar was worse than the Germans was in World War II and they didn't have any. Um, I've got to give a Hall of Fame mention to the various punters, not that many of them, but there were probably about 30, I reckon, who sort of midway through the afternoon session where we were still quite away from getting rained off. Everyone's huddling in the bars, but there are about 30 people just sitting in their seats in the rain with their umbrellas up like, no, I've peed from my seat and that's where I'm sitting. You know? um, it was so hardy. And you realise how sport we are because we're sitting in a nice, warm, dry media box getting fed cake yeah. and all these poor buggers are like freezing their asses off out in the stands. I went outside to take a phone call at one point and that's the only time I left the... I've, I've not left this building for 12 hours by this stage. We, had to, we went outside to shoot a video oh, and nearly yes. got pneumonia yeah, in yeah. six minutes outdoors. It wasn't so ideal. It was very, it. very grotty outside. Uh, speaking of outside, they were going to toss the coin at 3pm today and at 
257. One umbrella went up and no one else's umbrellas went up because I think it was like they didn't want to encourage the situation. So they yeah. all waited until it got very heavy before it went up. But <laughs> that, that one person that was bold enough to accept reality and, and put his brolly up, uh, respect to you, you're in there too. And, and last but not least, I want to give Justin Langer a shout out for some outside the square thinking, which we're all in favour of on the final word. At the presser tonight, he said to us, I'm not sure whether he was fed income or not, Knowing Justin Langer, he probably was fed income. How are his credentials in the fair income department? Fair, in the fair income department. Uh, yeah. He said that he um, was inquiring through the day as to whether Tim Payne could win the toss and forfeit the toss and invite England to decide what they would do. Because <laughs> he's like, it's a toss you don't want to win. So in turn, can you literally invite the other teams to do what they want to do? Outs- I mean, I haven't really thought of it this way before, but uh, it- not the craziest thing I've ever heard. I mean, sure, that would show weakness to a certain extent perhaps but also like at least you're putting the onus back on the side that's lost the toss is it was it Shania Twain's song my prerogative was, was that the, <laughs> um or was that I'll Brittany? take your word I for can't it. remember it, it I suppose if you've won the toss you've won the right to decide what to do and that might be nothing you might not have a decision well I've, we have it in division two here in division two here you can as the away team essentially elect whether you wish to bat or not. I mean, I, I, I kind of get where the I, I get where the logic is that some tosses you just don't want to be responsible for the result of them. So mm. in the end, he was told, I should add, that they, they're not permitted to do that. So there'll be none okay. of those um, funny buggers at the toss tomorrow. Although maybe he'll sort something out with Joe Root beforehand. And well, yeah. Who's to know? I suppose, you you know, as the, the suggestion was you could just ask. You wouldn't need to be giving them. But, but say, so, Joe, if you had your way, what would you choose to do? Oh, well, you know. Well, <laughs> well you know, there's a way around this. David Franklin, who's a Cambridge mathematician that works with our friends at Gorilla Cricket, he's got a double first in um, uh, mathematics from Cambridge. He devised a model, which isn't that complicated, really, where the market decides who wins the toss. He, in simple terms, the captains put a number in an envelope before mm. the toss. And that number reflects how many runs they're willing to give away in order to win the toss. So if I had 50 in my envelope and you had 45 in your envelope, we give them to the umpires. I've won the toss because my number's higher. You can decide what you want to do and you get 50 runs added or subtracted from your total when you start mm. your first innings. So you walk out at Let the market decide. Okay. Well, there'd be a lot of um, big, o- big opening <laughs> stands in that case. As Malcolm Turnbull said that during the GFC, let the market rip. Okay. An ill-considered comment from yeah. the then Shadow Treasurer. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. this has been the final word. Ashes, I didn't like to say World Cup. Ashes Daily. Lords, day one. It didn't happen. It was sodden. But we were here. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon for Seabus Super, the industry super fund, hitting your retirement for six. We'll see you tomorrow, hopefully, for a day which will be nice and clear and plenty of cricket. Until then, good night. Good night. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.